Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each and every week we bring you someone that's going to help you in some aspect of your life. Uh, You know, staying sharp, staying on top of your game is what we're all about at Dr. Nancy and the Women Connect for Good Foundation. We want you to be at the very top level and doing all the things in in your life that are on your bucket list. So staying fit and vital is very, very important to us. And we have women that talk about that and have so many tips and ideas. And, of course, relationships. We are all about relationships. The hand, the rock, the cradle rocks the world. But there's many different kinds of relationships. The one with yourself we talk a whole lot about. You know, if you don't care for yourself, you don't feel good about yourself, it's really, really hard to have a relationship of any kind of of consistency and, and any kind of value and quality. But that is important. But the relationship with your family, the relationship with at work, but also the relationship that you have with your community about giving back and making a difference. The Women Connect for Good Foundation is always, always looking at ways that women who are at the top of their game can also help women who are coming up the ranks. So that's so, so very important as far as relationships are concerned. And, of course, your health. I don't know. Have you been this year for your annual exams? Have you, have you had your eyes checked? Have you done all those female uh, tests? But if you haven't done that, you're not taking care of your own health. You lose your health, there's nothing left. So you can take care of everyone else, but you first start with your own good health, and then you can be doctor mom and take care of others. And as far as your business, again, what continues to be one of the fastest-growing trends in the United States are women-owned businesses. We're not uh, we're not uh, jumping on the the Fortune 500 wagon anymore. A lot of us are saying, wait a minute, I'm going to take my passion, my purpose, and my treasures, and I'm going to make a difference to the world, and I'm going to start my own business. So we have lots and lots of women who talk about that. But we're going to talk about something that's very, very important to me, and and, and it's important to you. And if you haven't thought about it, I want you to think about this. This probably may be the most important interview you may hear all year because we're going to talk about women's self-defense. Now, my amazing guest today is not only a martial arts expert, she's an expert in training women in self-defense. Alexis Fabricius is the founder of Invicta Invicta Self-Defense in Toronto, Ontario. And for 18 years she's trained in various mar- she's been training in various arts disciplines. She holds a black belt in both I'm not even sure if I can say this, Shotanka, Karate, and Kung Fu. And she opened Invicta after graduating with her master's degree in medieval history from the University of Toronto. They had lots of different self-defense back then, I'm sure. But she realized there was really a huge gap that needed to be filled in training women to to, to, to defend themselves. So again, she started this community for women. Now, she's designed this program that teaches the average woman practical self-defense and educates them about the psychology of violence so they can recognize the the red flags in the behaviors of their partners. In other words, why and how people become victimized. She helps them to understand not to become a victim. She also says that self-defense creates good self-esteem. When we're not afraid and we're not out there worried and we have good self-defense, we have good self-confidence. And it's good to be wary, but not fearful. 
but to be aware of our circumstances. She also volunteers her time with the Toronto Police and with the local women's shelter, and she writes about women's empowerment and self-defense on her blog, InvictaSelfDefenseBlogspot.com. She also, for those women who are not able to afford self-defense training, she gives back in her community. So she's all about making sure women give themselves permission to have self-defense, to build good self-esteem, and to not become a victim. So I want to welcome me and joining Alexis Fabricius to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women, and I want to thank you so much for being with me today. This is an important topic. Every woman should listen to this and talk about this with other women and also their daughters and any other woman they can think of that needs to learn good self-defense. I really, really wish more women talked about self-defense and really uh, learning to to protect themselves and and take care of themselves and, and not wait for somebody else to do it. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I, I thank you for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to discuss it as well. Um, I agree. Not not enough women either talk about it. Not enough. Not enough women even know that I think self defense is um, a viable option for them. A lot of women tend to label self defense as very masculine and yeah. tend to avoid it. Or unfortunately, they're loaded with the thoughts that oh, you know, I, I live in a really nice neighborhood, or yeah. I'm too old, I'm too young, I don't need it. When right. you know, or, I, or I genuinely think it's something that everyone should know. Yeah. Or I've got a big strong man. Why would I worry? You know. Yeah. It, that's, it, that's, that's the exact. The, that's the exact. That's what thinking, I meant was right? that somebody else will take care of me. You know. Or I can call the police, and we know it takes up to five minutes or longer, or even Absolutely. longer than that, for someone to respond. And a lot can happen in a very, very short period of time. So we really have to take take self-defense very, very seriously. You know, one of the, one of the things I want to ask you, because I think this is, a, this is a vital part of this conversation, but it's so important. You know, I have a story of my own, Alexis, why I do what I'm doing, you know, connecting women and, and putting the pieces together, helping to empower women. But you also have a personal story and a story why you're doing what you're doing. You know, I know from reading your bio that you've been in self-defense for 18 years, but there's always a reason why people get into the things that they're doing, and eventually it becomes their passion and their purpose and their drive to really make a difference in the world. So what is your personal story, and how did you get into all this? Because, I mean, you're a black belt, you are you know have background in all types of self-kickboxing. I mean, you really have some amazing uh, training and education in the whole area of, of self-defense. So how, how does this all come about? You know, that's a great question. Um, I'm fortunate to have grown up uh, with martial arts being a part of my life. And when I was in my early and mid-20s, that's when I started doing uh, self-defense instruction and in so, uh, women's self-defense seminars. Uh-huh. And I can actually pinpoint it to one exact moment. In my very first seminar, I was invited into a women's group to, you know, just teach them self-defense for maybe an hour or something. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty mixed group. I had women, you know, in their mid-30s all the way up to their mid-60s. And after the seminar, one of the older women, you know, just kind of says, do you mind if I speak with you for a second? And immediately <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, no, I must have said something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she pulls me aside and she says, when I was your age – my mother had always taught me that if I was going to be raped to not fight back because if I'm going to get raped, at least I'm not going to get beaten. Mm -hmm. And she goes, having taken your seminar and having learned about some violence prevention, having learned a few of these techniques, she goes, I would never in good conscience ever teach my own daughter the same thing. Mm 
Right. He goes, right. this has been a really eye-opening experience for me. And to be honest, you know, that was almost 10 years ago. That that really, to this day, that still, I want to say haunts me, you know. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a very moving experience for me to know that I had touched a woman and changed her perception on, on her own sense of safety and what she could do to increase her sense of safety that, you know, it really hit something inside me. I'm like, yes, this, this, this is it. Yeah. And as I continued to uh, train in martial arts and continued to offer women's self-defense seminars and having dealt with more and more women who had had little to no martial arts background, mm-hmm. I began to, and listening to their fears that they had and right. the anxieties that they had, I began to realize that this is, this is a pretty universal thing among women. A lot of, you know, women everywhere, it doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter your socioeconomic status, women yeah. have fears, have a lot sure. of fears and a lot of anxieties. Right. And women have enough things on their plate already, as it is. And, you know, having to yeah. worry about your own sense of safety, your own... Yeah. Well, you uh, know, and, and your, that's your self-defense shouldn't, shouldn't necessarily be one yeah. of them all the time. So being yeah. able to do things about, to pre- you know, to prevent uh, violent crime, to put your fears at ease somewhat, you know what yeah. I mean? That makes a big difference, I think, in a lot of women. And I was I was really pleased to be able to start going down this path. And I really felt as though I was having a significant impact on the lives of women. So, yeah. Well, you know, that, that really does bring a, a very, very important point up, which is basically the, the teaching that women receive, uh, young women as they receive, you know, is that, you know, in some ways what, we're, what we've taught women to do is just be victims. Absolutely. And, and that, is, that to me has always been a real problem. I have three daughters, and by the way, I'm just about ready to have eight granddaughters. So, oh, my gosh. So for me... <laughs> So for me, it's very, very important for women to to protect themselves. And I will tell you this: I was attacked twice in college. Oh wow! You know, yeah. by I mean, literally by you know. And again, they're typically people you do know. A it, date, absolutely. Someone who who basically you know for some reason because you're on a date believes that they have they have the right to take advantage of you. And um, I've always fought back. I mean, I always fought back. And it was it was to me. Uh, you know, it, it was, to me, I'm, I don't know if it was just my second nature, but I never thought about, wait a minute, you know, you're not, you're not going to have your way with me. I don't care what it takes. You're not going to. And, and basically it ended up being a good thing because, uh, you know, each time, which was these two times, I mean, I literally either talked my way out of it or I beat my way out of it by, you know, you know hitting whatever. But, but the thing is, is that I think there are too many women that sit back and say, you know, someone else is going to protect me. Somebody else is going to take take care of me. And you know what I really like about what you what you talk about prevention is self prevention is, is self defense. Never becoming a victim. And I think that's where we probably could start is by saying, you know, women don't become victims. You're you know if you're if you're vulnerable, and you know as you said, I think I think you're right. Women are taught never go anywhere alone. Never, you know, always have, you know, always be prepared to be attacked, whatever. I mean, but I mean, I think they do. We walk around scared, but we don't, but we don't know what to do when we, you know, when something actually happens. For sure, you know, and I I was going to say, I I think you really hit something, you know, the nail on the head here when you said it really is about preventing preventing the victimization in the first place. Right. And that's the whole thing, and this is this is a big thing that really separates kind of what I do from a lot of other women's self-defense courses. Traditionally, in a women's self-defense course, it's maybe an afternoon or maybe six or eight weeks, and you go in and you learn actual techniques, you know, which is great. Don't get me wrong. It's great. I've done martial arts for a long time. I think it's important. However, you know, and and you said it yourself, most attacks, 
happen from someone you know. Maybe you're on a date. Maybe, you know, a friend of your boyfriend or husband's or someone has, you know, offered to ride you home, uh, give you a ride home. Whatever it is, if the chance, if, if this man is going to attack you, all the time that you've just spent learning all of these self-defense techniques, yeah. because you already have a relationship with this person, you already know this person, the chances of you using these brutal techniques on a person you already know is extremely low. Right. Right? right. Most women don't do that. Most women kind of throw their head, they, they just kind of go, no, I, I, don't, I don't really want this, and then, but they don't really go beyond that. And you're right, we are socialized to be polite, to be nurturers, to be all of these yeah. things. And yeah. so now we have this conflicting message in our brains going on between, I've always been this way, I'm supposed to be feminine, I'm supposed to be, uh, I'm supposed to be polite, I don't want to come off as rude. That's a big thing for women, not coming across as rude. Which I always think is hilarious. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, I was writing some notes before I, uh, I called you, uh, and it said basically women women are too nice. Women don't like to be disliked. Absolutely, absolutely. We That's don't the want big thing. to, and we don't want to hurt anyone. Yeah, and, and so, so because of, and because yeah. of that, I was going to say the chances of us using these self defense techniques that we've learned, not even with training. Sometimes, unfortunately, you know. Our brains override our instinct to protect ourselves. Yeah. That's going to hurt them. Yeah, it. I can't do that. That's going to hurt them. Exactly, know. exactly. And so this is why I really think that education, understanding the psychology of violence, understanding how to avoid victimization is so important. It's about prevention in the first place. So, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, let's say that we're on that second date with some guy and he parks somewhere and he starts getting kind of handsy. I'm on a second date with a guy. Obviously, I like him enough to have gone out again. I don't want to hurt his feelings. I want him to like me. This is what's generally going on in most women's heads. In most women's heads, and so as he starts getting handsy, most women say, you know, if they say anything, it's no, stop, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, in communication, words account only for about seven percent of our communication. Yeah. Pitch, pitch accounts for forty percent. Pitch accounts for five times more than the words that we're saying. So if I'm saying. No, stop. Yeah. Even though the words are saying for the you know, for this guy to stop what he's doing. Yeah. My pitch when it actually trails up at the end, that's called rapport seeking. That's uh-huh. a sign of playfulness that this conversation is still open. Yeah. Right? This is a discussion. Yeah, or, or I don't is, really mean what I'm saying. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so of course because pitch means so much more to us. Unfortunately so you know, unfortunately the guy's gonna continue because he doesn't understand that no really means no. Yeah. So part of part of the what I teach is being a clear and concise communicator, owning the feeling that you're having, say what you say and mean it how you say it, right? So what you're looking for is not even just no. You know, that's kind of monotone, that's called neutral tone. What we're looking for is something called uh breaking rapport, where your tone actually trails down at the no. Stop. Yeah. You know, that carries so much more weight and so much more power. Like, interestingly, it's, it's what um, dog trainers use when they're training a dog. A dog doesn't understand what you're saying, but a dog will respond to pitch, right? You can say sit all you like to a dog, but the second you say sit, that dog will sit so fast, yeah. right? So it's the yeah. same kind of thing with self-defense. You have to be clear in your communication and both in what you say as well as how you say it. They're both equally important, Right. Even having strong body language, that's another thing, too. As a confident woman, you know, walk with your shoulders back, your head up, own your space. I love watching um, Michelle Obama, for instance, walk, 
regardless of what your political affiliations are, you watch that woman walk. That woman has great body. Yeah, you're, you're not going to mess with her. Yeah, you know yeah. they've done so many so many studies on this particular thing because actually I, I worked in a federal prison, so you oh, know wow. I did have. I had some some self defense training, but I'll be you'd be surprised the last, the least amount of training they do that I did receive, which is kind of funny. Uh, again, you know that I think there was that double standard when it even came for self defense with a woman working in a federal prison. But you know they've done all these, these this research, and that you know again you can tell who's who's the victim. Who's sure. the possible victim? The way they look, the way they act, their heads Absolutely. down. They look afraid walking by you. Their their body language, and you know you can see them time and time again. You see them, I see them. We all know when we look at even down the street. If you looked down the street right now and saw ten people, you could pick out every single victim. Each one of us could. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting actually. I was doing some work with the Toronto Police this past uh, this past winter, and yeah. one of the police officers. Uh, took me outside onto the street, and he said, this is one of the training techniques that we do. And there was a group of maybe 15 or 20 teenagers where we were. He said, look at those kids. He said, if you were going to rob one of those kids, you were going to mug one of those kids and take his phone and his wallet, who would you choose? Yeah. And so he made me look at these kids, and we, you know, we were both looking, and I said, okay, I've made my choice. And he said, me too. And we had both chosen the same kid. Yeah. And he said, why? And I said, well, you know, it's inter- it, was, it was really gave me pause to thought because I had never taken on this predatory mindset before. I said, you know, this kid is smaller. He's not paying attention. He's, you know, away from the group a little bit. He's clearly not with them. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got his iPod on, so he's not paying attention. I said, you know, that would probably be a pretty easy kid to, you know, to victimize. And then... You know, and this feeds into the whole thing that we know about violence. We know that there are two things that always need to be present in order for violence to happen. One is control, and the other is vulnerability. Right. So if, you're make your, if you make yourself vulnerable, part of this, of course, is body language, slumped shoulders, not paying attention, having, your, you know, having earphones in, not being able to hear what's around you, having your head down, texting sure. all the time, and not paying attention. That hugely increases your vulnerability, right? right. And then ultimately... It's control. So to use your examples that you were saying, you know, where you were able to talk your way out of it or fight your way out of it, mm-hmm. you are so clearly demonstrating to, you know, these people that yeah, you I'm are not. Yeah, I'm not going to be a victim. You're not exactly. You're not easily controlled. That's the whole thing. When men want to do predatory violence against a woman or, you know, even, even if they're trying to mug someone, something like that, they're looking for quick in and out. That's what yeah. they want. They don't want to linger. They don't want to have to spend time, they don't want uh, attention drawn to them, so the more we can do to show, no, this is not okay, this is not okay, I will not allow you to do this, you cannot touch me, you know, the more you can do, the less likely you are to be victimized, and that's why it really does come down to prevention, it's being able to stand up and say, no, draw that line in the sand, unacceptable, do not touch me, I will not stand for this. Well, and and again, you know, uh, I'm I'm also on the victim center board in in our community, and basically, you know, we we have what they call an education program. We start in the grade schools, and and it's called Happy Bear. But Mm -hmm. Happy Bear goes into the schools and basically talks about what's a good touch and a bad touch. Right. And what, you know, again, adults can do and shouldn't do. And And it's interesting, the earlier that you start to teach children that adults, just because they're an adult, doesn't mean they can touch you. It doesn't mean Absolutely. they can do anything to you. But, again, the earlier that we can start teaching women and children 
in in the, in our world that basically you know you you have a right to control your own body you have a right to have boundaries you have a right to say no and and I think this has been the most valuable thing that we've we've done as far as the victim center is like don't ever be a victim because you start as early as possible and say you know you, you you just say no you know or run away just say no or run away yeah, and absolutely. And, and you know what? Sense. Honestly, having having that strong sense of those strong sense of boundaries, having that strong sense of this is okay, this is not okay, this is acceptable to me, this is unacceptable to me. Right. That ultimately comes down, of course, to your own sense of self-esteem, your sense of self-worth, right? Yeah. And so the the greater your sense of self-esteem, the greater the chances that you will say, no, I do not, I'm not, I don't deserve this type of treatment. I will not stand for this type of treatment. Unacceptable. Whether it's from, you know, a stranger, but, you know, we, as, we, as we already discussed, there's only, only about 20% of attacks come from strangers. Really, overwhelmingly, the attacks that we know, as you said, are from people that, people that we know. And yeah. so having that ability to say no, having that ability to say I'm worth more than this treatment, and I don't mind walking away from you this date. I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care if you think I'm rude. I will not tolerate that. Yeah. That's really what it is. It always comes down to your own concept of your self-worth and your sense of self-esteem, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely I think that is so very, very important as, as far as really, really, you know, again, it's good to be wary, though. I mean, it's good to be, I think what, we, what we're talking about here is, again, being alert, being uh, absolutely. You know, surveying your, I guess since 9-11, though, at least the, the positive thing that has come from, from that incident is that we as Americans typically have walked around with our heads in the sand, not really looking for anything. But it's, all, it's, it's good to look at your surroundings and to understand whether you're safe or not. Or Absolutely. if there is a situation and I think that could cause you uh, some type of incident. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And I mean, this is definitely true of Canadians as well, and I'm sure many other cultures. Just We spend a lot of time not paying attention. You know, we're in a society, we're in a culture that's so immersed in technology, and we have our phones and our iPods and all of these other things going on. And we are just, we have, you know, we have a million thoughts a minute, but we don't really pay attention to the, what's going on around us. And that in and of itself makes us vulnerable, right? Which again, of course, is already, you're already 50% of the way there to being yeah. victimized. So again, it's about paying attention to your surroundings. Are you by yeah. yourself? Where, you know, where are the exits around you? Are, you know, if you're walking through a parking garage at night by yourself, you know, can you get security to walk with you if, if you yeah. can't? Yeah. You know, make a beeline straight to your car. Have your yeah. keys out so you yeah. don't have to, so you know. Be sure it's in the dark. You don't have your keys. Your hands are you're loaded yeah. with packages. Yeah. And you're not looking around. And, all, <clears throat> and don't check in your car for sure. Yeah, it, it, anybody's it, it's in about. Back seat and, and just get right in there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the movies, the movies, of course, you know, I think are just, they're just, they're so funny. Because you just can predict what's going to happen. Oh, sure. She is going to always get attacked. And you're like, oh, my God, no, no. Look in your back seat. Why aren't your keys out? Yeah. (laughs) Poke them in the eye. You know, you can stab them, you know, with with your key, whatever. But, you know, you're just – so we constantly see, even visually, women being victimized, and women don't get it. I still – you know, I kind of look at the stuff and go, oh, come on. Yeah. uh, Yeah. You know what? It's it's crazy. You know, we – and we have so many examples. And you know, in in media, uh, in, in, in every type of media, online, print media, 
in music. We have so many examples of you know women being victimized, or yeah. there being jokes made about it. And this well, they're and being victimized and they're being dominated. Yeah, big and time. I think this is part of the problem again with women that they get confusing messages that it's okay. Your body's a temple. It's okay to say no. No means no. And just because you're out with someone and, they, and you've had a relationship with them doesn't mean they have a right to attack or, or take advantage of you. Oh, and, absolutely. And we still have that message that we have to get across. Well, I, I'll be honest with you, Alexis. I, I have a I have a carry permit. I have I have several <laughs> I have several guns, and I've gone through uh, training. I don't know <laughs> what Canadian laws are on guns, but in the, in the United States, uh, one of our fir- one of our top First Amendments is the right to bear arms. And there's been lots and lots of controversy. But again, if you're going to carry and uh, if you're going to have a pistol, if you're going to have a gun of any kind, a rifle, gun, anything, you you need to be trained. And, well, and you know so, what, and it's, it's interesting, and this is kind of where uh, our cultures differ a little bit because it's totally, like, you have to go through some pretty, uh, you have to jump through some pretty big hoops in order to be able to carry some types of guns. Most Canadians don't own guns. Yeah. Most Canadians don't carry guns. Um, so it's very much a different culture in terms of guns here, but, I mean, and weapons in general, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, you're right. I was going to say you, you need to be trained in these things, and I never, I never recommend women carry weapons unless they have some sort of training in them. And even then, you know, I've I've done martial yeah. arts for years. I don't. You know, and, and I'm not. I know stuff. it's a controversial subject for a lot of people, as far as basically. But the pe- people can anyone can get hold of a gun. Absolutely. Anyone Absolutely. can get hold of any weapon uh, of any kind. And but again, if you are trained and you are self confident. You know, and for me, it's really a matter of self-confidence. For me, it's a matter of saying, I have a right to to protect myself. I have a right to protect my loved ones. I have a right to protect my home. And And you know what, and and that's that's something important right there. And I was going to say, I think that that's the most important thing to suss out from that. You know, it's just regardless of the gun, you know, that's that's secondary. The whole thing that you hit on the head there is I have a right to protect myself. How we go about it might be a little bit different, but it's I have the right to protect myself, I have the right to protect my family. Because that's the whole thing. The only person who is in charge of your safety is you. That's it. And you even said earlier, if you, you know, maybe you get into an incident, it might take the police five-plus minutes to get there. Or or longer, or they don't show at all. Exactly. So that's it. It really is about being able to step up to the plate, avoid violence where and when possible, of course, by paying attention to your surroundings, looking for red flag behaviors in yeah. in, uh, in potential partners, right? Being able to read situations appropriately. Is someone getting aggressive? What's my... What is my space? Uh, my space to them. You know what I mean. Are they within striking distance to me, et cetera, et cetera? But you know, beyond that, it's just about being able to say, I have confidence in not only myself, but in my abilities. Because the whole thing is, just because you have the capacity to hurt someone, and then here's where the training thing comes in. Just because you have the capacity to hurt someone doesn't mean you have the capability to do it either, right? Yeah. So being yeah. able to work these things out ahead of time and to just say to yourself, look, I know that if my safety is ever compromised, unabashedly I'm going to do what I have to do to get out and get home okay. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or, or again, protect someone else that's with you. Absolutely. Loved one, or someone else, as you say, that's too old, too young, whatever. I mean, someone that you can protect. You know, no, again, in the United States we have lots and lots of laws re- regarding uh, any kind of uh, carry permit and, and any type of use of guns and and again there it's very very strict and so it should be 
but but again, you know, there's people that do have guns that carry that have a permit that really really shouldn't get in shouldn't carry them and would would probably be the silly ones to get into a gunfight. You know, that was probably the first thing I learned sure. with in my training was never ever you know, never never get into a gunfight. And again, what we see on TV, what we see as far as victimization, again, we need to get rid of a lot of those myths because it's really really about just taking charge. Yeah. Whatever measure you you can come to the plate with as far as self defense, you know I'm all for that. But I think again, what we have to make sure that women, first of all, give themselves permission to do so. And, and that's that, it. You know, honestly, I've I've been teaching women self defense for a long time who have little or no martial arts background, and a lot of these women never give themselves. You know, even your wording is right. They don't give themselves permission to fully. Yeah get into self-defense, you know. They don't give themselves permission to understand that they can hit the pad hard. It's okay. Most women, when I have them, you know, try and strike the pad for the first time ever, if we're doing punches, we're doing kicks, we're doing knees, whatever it is, mm-hmm. most women, they kind of just start giggling, and they hit this thing so lightly. And I look at it, the pad, and I look at them, I'm like, really? I said, if, if I were an attacker and you hit me like that, all that's going to do is annoy me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm like, we don't often have a lot no, of opportunities to strike. We need to strike hard. Yeah, all that's going to confirm for me, if you just hit me like that, is that I can do whatever I want, and I'm going to go for it now. <laughs> that is exactly, exactly <laughs> it. So really, I, I actually, I, I even really like that phrase when they said, it's about giving ourselves permission. Yeah, well, like you can that. use it in your next class. How about I will. That? I'm going to steal it. Thank you. <laughs> you. You may have it, because I think that's really, uh, in, unless they can, it starts with them, and, and that again is having permission. And and I guess the other thing is 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 also when they do decide to uh, take on any kind of course as far as self defense to build their self confidence, it takes a lot of courage. And I think that's when you really uh, start to uh, talk about women having courage, having yeah. having the ability to make those kinds of choices and, and giving themselves permission to do these things that we really start to see a whole difference as far as women are concerned. You know, yeah. I agree. And I think this is part of where having a female self-defense instructor really comes in handy. Absolutely. You know, because men, you know, I love that men want to help. I love that so much. I think that's so great and so noble. But at the end of the day, a male martial arts instructor is simply not going to understand a woman's trepidation that she feels when an elevator door opens and there's a weird single guy in there. Yeah, or you don't have to anxiety. get in. Yeah, you don't have to get in the elevator. Yeah, yeah. But I was going to say, like, they're, they're not going to understand that. They don't. They don't think like that. They're just okay, whatever. Same thing. Oh, the number of men who say, I've had a number of men tell me, like, like, why is it a big deal to walk through a parking lot at night by yourself? Who, like, who cares? But that's what I'm just saying. Men just don't have that same. We're not. They're not wired in the same way to think that way. Of course, right? And but in men, fact, if, if you are, ask a man when the last time he was concerned about his yeah. safety, most yeah. men can't even recall a time, or if they can, it's been a long time. You ask a woman when the last time she was concerned about her safety, it's every day. Yeah. It's on her mind every day. And so having a female instructor, of course, it's great because it really allows women to open up, give themselves permission to, you know, really get involved in the self-defense, really try their best, really get familiar with the strikes. But more than anything, I really think it helps to, you know, set aside some of the anxieties, some of the fears that women have because I'm a woman. I've experienced a lot of those same anxieties and same fears myself. And because of that, I've specifically created a syllabus that I know will work for women of all strengths, all sizes, 
all fitness levels. You know, it's not some macho karate stuff. It's it's I know that these work. I know these techniques have worked. I've yeah, used them. They're, pra- they're practical, easy to use solutions. Exactly. Not strength reliant. Can... It's about understanding body mechanics more than anything, right? Uh-huh. Everyone on the everyone on the planet, our elbows all bend the same way, but they also don't bend the other way, right? Right. So it's not about you know, fancy things. It's about just understanding how the body moves and using that to your advantage more than anything else yeah. in self-defense, right? Yeah. Well, one of the things that we want to do is link to your site and then, of course, say self-defense is important, and I think that needs to be clearly stated. But, you know, I will share this, and, and this is something that maybe you also can can uh, can glean as far as I'm, what I'm talking about. As, as being uh, on the board member of the Victim Center, what we have done now is we've started to bring men to our annual breakfast to talk about their victimization. That's so right. I yep. think what we have to understand, men are victimized just as much as women. It's just that men don't talk about it, and we don't talk about it because we just we don't conceive of those things. But each person has to take self-defense seriously. You know, yeah, I completely it is agree. I, it I is agree. I think, uh, I think what... I think it's easier. It's definitely easier for men to get involved in self-defense. I mean, martial arts is a very male-dominated world. You're right. Violence does happen against men. Abuse does happen against men. Um, but I think women have to overcome more cultural barriers to get into uh, more cultural barriers, more cultural programming to get involved in self-defense and really take charge of their sense of safety. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I love that. You're inviting men. I think that's great, and I think it's important that uh, we all work together to move towards a culture where violence against anyone is not tolerated. Now, violence, violent, you know, I mean, one of the things that I did was help to develop uh, policies and pre- procedures in, in corporations, biz- business, and industry, and one of them was to, uh, violence of any kind will not be tolerated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, 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 that's the whole go. thing. You know, I, I've been talking about this more and more. I don't care who you are. I don't care what's happening. It is never excuse. It is never. There's never an excuse no. for anyone to ever touch you. And particularly if you're on a date with someone, or if you have a partner who feels that the only way that they can communicate with you or to get their point across is through using violence, right. you need a new partner. Right. That's uh, it. You need to go to the police, and you need a new partner. Yeah, uh, I would never tolerate any kind when I worked with couples, and I made it real clear from the very beginning. I said, "Well, I will not tolerate." And it's amazing when you put your foot down and say something like that. Uh, you'll see you'll see maybe one of the partners who you know there's possible some type of abuse going on will look around going, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, well, this is great stuff, Alexis. So, I, I again, my goal is to, again, to encourage women to give themselves permission to create good self-defense, which is good self-confidence, and to become aware and so that they never, never become a victim so how do they learn more about you, your website, what you're doing? And, again, this is your passion. And I also should say that basically you also make sure that women who could not necessarily afford your classes are given the opportunity to do so. So I really applaud that as well. Yeah. Um, you can, if anyone who's interested, you can find me uh, on my website, www.invictaselfdefense.com, and that's defense, the British spelling, D-E-F-E-N-S-E. Um, and then I also have a blog, which I talk about, which I write for pretty frequently in regards to uh, women's self-defense techniques you can try, things about um, how to empower yourselves, other other amazing women movements that are going on around the world, and other self-defense movements that are going on on around the world. And that's at www.invictusselfdefense.blogspot.com. 
Um, you can find me on Facebook, Invictus Self Defense, and on Twitter as well, Invictus Self Death, but just D E F. And yeah, you, I, I really do so strongly believe that every woman needs to have access to this type of instruction. And unfortunately, many of the women who need it the most either do not have access to it or simply cannot afford it. And so because of that, I definitely make sure to uh, do a lot of community outreach. I like to give back. I volunteered at women's shelters. I was working with the Toronto Police this past, this past winter, um, you know, doing some community outreach and teaching self-defense and jiu-jitsu with them. And it, it, it's been great, and I really look forward to future opportunities to be able to get out there and, and teach women. So this is just such an important message that if you don't have the money but you really want to do it, you know, come talk to me because yeah. I'm, I'm happy well, to help anyone. One of the things that I always say uh, with, uh, on Dr. Nancy and also with Women Connect for Good, which is my foundation, we're all about smart, amazing women that help each other. And we help ourselves, but we also help each other. So you fit into that category, and, and I'm, I'm very proud to know you and proud to know what you're doing, and I want you to have continued success in all things. And, again, my goal anytime we connect with someone is to stay that way. So we'd like to connect with your website. Uh, again, promote, uh, again, promote women's self-defense, again, which creates good self-confidence. And, again, I'm all about empowering women. I can't think of a better way to do it than to have good uh, self-defense. Hey, I couldn't agree more with you. <laughs> thank all you All right. Kindly. Amen, sister. You got that one. <laughs> you got that one. So, uh, Alexis, thank you so much for today. Uh, we will we will stay in touch. We'll, uh, get, we'll link up. And like I said, uh, you continue to do this great work, and, and I'll continue to support you any way I can. So, uh, again, we just go forward, and we all, uh, us sisters get together, and we can figure it out. So Absolutely. <laughs> oh, thank it's you been, so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right.